everyone. This is Opposing the Matrix. This is Dave and Hello, Brian. How you doing? You're on the other end there. Uh, hey, hey, Dave. Hey, guys. Hi. Yeah, we got a main line right to L.A. here. That's so, right. That's right. So, uh, Brian and I, we were starting a little late tonight because we started talking and realized, hey, I didn't hit the start button. <laughs> So, <laughs> so we had a kind of a mini show before we started. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, somebody had written, Brian, last week that uh, about my little setup here and told me I looked like an announcer from the 1940s, which is kind of a compliment to me because people were sane back in the 1940s yeah. for the most part, except for the war in Europe and stuff like that. But. Um, you know, there was morality and everything else back in the 1940s. And uh, so, you know, as it might have meant, been meant to be a slight, but it was actually a compliment. So thank you. And this thing here that you were so upset about, this thing right here, if you're watching, isn't called a spit shield. It's called a pop shield. So that if I go, you don't hear it. You don't hear the pop in the microphone because that's really annoying. So, uh, and I'm going to stick with this. And uh, so, you know, if somebody doesn't like it, well, nobody's holding a gun to your head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can go listen to it. Um, it's, you can find it on Spreaker or you can find it on the Delusion Resistance. And uh, it's in the archive section. So, um, by the way, I'd like to, because I always forget to do this and I always kick myself. Um, we, uh, we have a Patreon account, so if you want to go there, that would be awful nice. Thank you. Um, and we're going to start someday soon offering maybe something that uh, on Patreon, like a special show or something like that. Um, we haven't quite figured out what we're going to do, but uh, for anybody that joins on Patreon, we're going to be doing stuff like that in the near future. I'm not going to say next week, but the near future. And uh, we've looked into, and I showed Brian, and we both got sticker shock. Um, what was it on? Um, oh, on one Podbean, that's what it was. And they're 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 starting to do um, live um, video uh, broadcasts on there. But the cheapest plan is a hundred dollars a month, and uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's not going to happen. So we're going to be doing this for a little while until something more affordable and feasible comes up. And I think this is working out pretty good anyway. And I, I usually get it up on Spreaker first thing. Um, so, Brian, how you doing? Uh, what We were talking before the show about the, uh, man, everything that's going on in the world. You know, we, we have relatives in Israel, and they, um, they were um, launching missiles last night from uh, – I think from Lebanon and from Gaza Strip, and some of them fell pretty close to the mm. people that we know, and uh, that's kind of concerning. So, and if you hear this thing go off, it's I have an alarm thing on oh, there from Israel. I have an alarm, so. Oh, you might get it from both sides. We'll have stereo yeah. alarms. My phone on, well, it doesn't make any difference. Never mind. Yeah, it, it, it breaks through. We could just. All you got to do is hit the button and it stops. Oh, okay. So, yeah. But it, I'll tell you, it'll give you a heart attack at 3 in the morning. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we got a lot of stuff brewing in the Middle East. And, folks, we're going to talk about something else than this. But um, So, Brian, you were mentioning, you know, there's, like, um, lots of stuff happening in the Middle East and in Europe and 
and things like that. And I'd like to hear what you, what you were saying too about uh, um, what is it, President Macron over in yeah. uh, France too. I yeah. think that's pretty interesting stuff. So, oh, um, well, if you're following Bible prophecy, especially the last uh, couple four years for sure, but the last few months, uh, let's see, where do you start? They start with China. China is mentioned in Ezekiel as a nation uh, that comes down, it comes from the east to invade the Middle East. And it's a huge army. It mentions in Revelation. It's uh, it's massive. Uh, China boasted 30 years ago that it could muster up 200 million men for soldiers. Yeah. Uh, almost the population of our country, they could muster up. And that was years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they're flexing their muscle right now. They have built an island in the China Sea, um, and then the, the, an island, a huge island, miles long. Uh, they're threatening uh, Australia. Um, they're threatening them. I read today they're trying to put a naval base in the West African coast somewhere along the continent of Africa. They're talking to the nations there to try to put in a base which would be closer to the United States for resupply and a strike. Um, mm-hmm. China is, well, the, 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 the coronavirus came from Wuhan, China. I believe that was not an accident. I believe it was released on purpose. Um, was it released to be a bioweapon? I don't know. I'm not going to go that far, but um, it was no accident. Um, it's and, and just and what's ironic, I'm just going to rabbit trail here. A lot of the masks that we buy, check where they're made. They're made in China. Yeah. I work I have a job at a school district locally here and we're buying plexiglass to build barriers and it's coming from China. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I read today, or was it yesterday, that our vaccines we can't keep up with the vaccines and our vaccines aren't doing well, as you know, on, tel- on on the news. And so we're talking about getting our vaccines from China. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm just like, I think I've quoted this before, but it's my, one of my favorite quotes from Forrest Gump, uh, stupid is what stupid does. Right. And we're getting a vaccine from the very country that gave us the virus in the first place. We're <laughs> buying plastic from them. We're buying masks from them. We're buying lumber from them. We're buying all this stuff. And that's another thing here, at least in California, I don't know about their day, but uh, lumber since Biden took office has skyrocketed. Yeah, here too. Anybody listening to me who knows construction, a sheet of three-quarter inch CDX plywood. That's the plywood you put on the outside of the house when you're building it before you put the siding over the top. So it's covered. It used to be 10 bucks a sheet. It's $70 a sheet. Wow. And to show you how much that is, oak plywood <laughs> you make beautiful cabinets out of uh, is $60. And, huh. and just a few months ago, it was 10 bucks a sheet here in LA County. Right. So, so you have China. You know, and China's aspirations, just say, just tell you right now, we, you know, we're worried about the terrorism and the Muslim uprising and the terrorist attacks and 9-11. But I, I, I think what's more dangerous is China. Mm-hmm. Uh, China's more dangerous than Russia, than Mexico, 
than any, any of these, uh, you know, the, the illegals coming across the border and uh, MS-13. China's is out of control, and the Biden administration is in bed with them. Yeah. Hunter Biden's in bed with them. So I can tell you right now, nothing's going to stop that. Mm-hmm. So, and China is mentioned as a king of the East, and it's mentioned in the book of Revelation. They try to invade the Middle East during the Battle of Armageddon, which is probably down the, not too far down the road. And then you've got, um, what other one I'm talking about? Oh, my, I, I don't know if I should mention who lives over in Israel, Dave. Um, who, I wouldn't but, mention them by name, no. Okay. Yeah. But I have some really close relatives, and Dave knows his too. Well, they, uh, they know it's our the daughter, yeah. Oh, okay. they know it's my daughter. Because we've said that before, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's my daughter and her grand and her grandkids, my grandkids, excuse me, and her husband. And today she sent me a text. Maybe I should just read it to you guys. If, so you got a minute, Dave? Yeah, uh, sure. A text. Uh, no, it was Telegram. Let's see, Julia. Um, See, um, they were um, shoot. I can't find. Well, anyway, they they needed to, my daughter and her husband needed some t- uh, time off to relax, and so they got a babysitter to come and watch the kids. They have eight kids, and they were at the beach. And while they were at the beach, a rocket landed in the ocean in front of them. But they had turned and didn't see it hit the water, but they heard the boom and they saw this huge wave uh, come from the explosion. Didn't hurt them. Mm-hmm. And she just said, yeah, we went back to having a good day. Right. And uh, it's just that's how normal, not normal, but when you live in Israel uh, as a Jew, you have to come to grips that you may not be there the next day. So you mm-hmm. have to live your life accordingly and not be afraid. Right. And I'm, I, I'm afraid for my daughter. I, I, you know, but, and I love her and I miss her, but she, they're fine. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's another thing. Um, his, Israel's got a history of getting in some really tight spots in, in modern history and in biblical history. And let me tell you something, folks, every single time they've gotten in a tight spot and their backs are up against the wall, God has come to the rescue every single time. And their enemies regretted ever messing with Israel. Mm-hmm. And in the Six Day War, when they became a nation, Yom Kippur, I mean, just all, all the different battles, the nations who attacked her never ended up very good at the end of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm confident that God, Yahweh will continue to protect Israel and my daughter and us as believers who know mm-hmm. the Lord's heart. But uh, Israel is under heavy rocket attack. It's been uh, last few days. And it's not surprising since uh, our President Biden has taken office, the attacks against Israel have increased substantially since January. Right. I mean, and they're increasing more and more and more. They're getting attacked from the north. They're getting rocketed from Gaza, from the south. And it's just mm-hmm. a matter of time before war breaks out. I, I don't want a war to break out. I want my, my kids safe. But 
I know what the scriptures say in Matthew and different places about Israel and about the end times. And it won't surprise me if a war breaks out, a pretty large one, especially with Iran. Right. But I can tell you right mm-hmm. now, there's scripture that talks about a, ma- a massive war. Uh, I don't believe we'll be here for that one. But uh, Lebanon, Syria, Damascus, uh, Iran, and these certain countries, certain areas of these countries will de- de- uh, be devastated, be totally blown off the map. It mentions it in scripture where even the jackal can't live there. Mm-hmm. And that's in the future. I believe we won't see that. I hope we won't. And I believe we won't. So, but that's going on right now. So you have China flexing its muscle, building bases all around the world. Uh, and the United States knows this. They have submarines off our east and west coast as we speak. Mm-hmm. They, um, they're, they're, they're out of control. And then you have uh, Lebanon, you have the Gaza and different terrorist groups attacking Israel as we speak. Mm-hmm. My daughter sent me uh, an audio on Telegram saying, uh, or my, uh, Dave's wife, Barbara, about them hearing sirens going off and their little boy running up the street to get to the bomb shelter before it was before anything happened. Right. And so this is the, this is the reality. This is what you're not going to hear on mainstream news. You're not going to hear anything like this. But this is what's happening. And let mm-hmm. me tell you, folks, what happens in Israel affects the whole world. That's right. The whole world. It says, in, it says in the scriptures that Jerusalem will be a, a cup of trembling to the world. The Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem, the holy place there, will divide the world. And, the, and there's going to be a time coming where the whole world, all the nations, including the United States, will come against her. Now, I didn't think that would ever come to the day where I might see that, but with the Biden administration and the left-wing politicians and these, these socialist socialist um, Democrats and some of them Republicans, I can see it happening now. And yeah, I agree. That going on, you got China going on, you got Russia about to invade Ukraine. They did pull some of their troops back, but at one point. They had 100,000 troops on the border of Ukraine. Look on a map. There's there's Israel and then Lebanon, Syria, Turkey. And then you have the Black Sea and then you have Ukraine on the other side of the north of the Black Sea. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Russia is mentioned in Ezekiel 2 about a nation from the north. If you look on a map and take a ruler almost due north of Jerusalem is Moscow. It says the far north, too. Yeah. Yeah. And they're Mm -hmm. in the far north. So that's another nation right now that's that's ready to just explode. And then you got uh, so you got Russia, China. You got the conflict going on in Israel. Oh, an Israeli government. They don't even have a government right now. For the last Mm -hmm. two or three years, they've been I think they've had three or four elections and they haven't decided who they're. Prime Minister is really going to be Benjamin Netanyahu's in there because he's been in there and he's not going to leave until they find somebody. But this has never happened before. Mm-hmm. That'd be like us having four elections and Trump has been there for 12 years because they can't we can't vote anybody in. You know, and I wish that would happen. That would have been great. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's good to say. <laughs> so. Um, so you got that and see what else. Um well, you got the you got the plague 
the, the coronavirus. And, you know, when I say that, I don't want to cut people down that or hurt anybody's feelings that actually had it and got sick from it. it. It's a legit disease, but has it killed as many as they said? And we've talked about this. I want to kick a dead horse, Dave, but mm-hmm. uh, no. Um, okay, in 20, 2020, I'm going off memory now, guys, is the lowest flu rate in recorded history in the United States. The least amount of people got the flu and died from it in 2020. Isn't that odd? <laughs> but we had this huge surge right. of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we know the hypocrisy of the politicians and 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 like Gavin Newsom is caught into that restaurant. It's $400 a plate. He's sitting with his family, with other high officials and doctors and scientists from his team sitting there with his kids eating with no masks on. Nancy Pelosi, you know, caught getting, getting her hair done. Yeah. Go and because it, it was used as a weapon to get rid of Trump. And now it's used as a weapon to control us and take our freedoms away, folks. That's mm-hmm. what it's. So you have that going on. Um, and then uh, what's interesting, they haven't talked about it much, but NASA is really obsessed with asteroids lately. Yeah, they've actually uh, had a a drill uh, scenario to deflect and stop an asteroid from hitting the Earth. And you know what they came around with? They can't do it. Mm -hmm. They can't do it. They can't. They they had a scenario where they found one six months out and they uh, all their technologies, and all their means couldn't stop it. I can't remember how big it was, but it was it was hypothetical. But it was it was pretty large. It was. Uh, I think they worked in conjunction with China and a couple of other and Russia and everything else. Yeah, they and they all came to the same conclusion. Right, and so it's interesting. What do they know that we don't know? What do they know? What's out there that we don't know? They may see mm-hmm. one out there maybe three or four years from now coming at our direction, and that's why they're doing this. Because this reminds me now. I think I sent you some pictures, Dave, that on the coast here. Um, Along Southern California, uh, if you know oh, the, the, the evacuation alert. Yeah. Redondo mm-hmm. Beach, Manhattan Beach, Torrance Beach, Hermosa Beach, Muscle Beach. It's all right here. They have all these signs for um, uh, drills. Uh, I've never seen it. I've been here five years. My, my wife grew up here. She's never seen it before. And we're going to have five or six different evacuation drills for the coastline. In like five weeks, like one a week or two a week for five or six weeks. And we're like, we're like, what are they evacuating for? What's is a tsunami? They don't say what it's for. Mm-hmm. And then then now they have this drill for um, for NASA to deflect an asteroid. And it, it's interesting because in Revelation chapter eight, verse eight, uh, a meteorite hits the ocean. It says it. Mm-hmm. It says a ball of fire. Remember, can remember now, John the was in his 80s, and he see, he doesn't know the terminology that we would call an asteroid or meteorite. He said it was a mountain burning with fire. Right. It's the ocean in Revelation 8, 8, and a third of everything in the ocean dies, including... Fresh water, too. And fresh water. Yeah, that's wormwood. Yeah. And mm-hmm. wormwood is a comet, probably. We don't know for sure, or an asteroid. And it, you're right, Dave. It poisons the waters. 
Mm-hmm. And so there's two events in that, uh, verses eight and nine that happen. So they have these high power telescopes. They have the space station. They have Hubble. Um, I read where they're putting up this new, uh, technology that they will be able to track, uh, 70 to 80% or 90% of the known asteroids out there. And there's thousands. And when they get this up there, they'll have a lot better, uh, warning system. Right now, it's only 10% or 15. Right. So, um, that's in the scriptures. That's not made up. Uh, an asteroid is going to hit the earth in the future. And it's mm-hmm. going to, whatever ocean it hits, it's going to wipe it out and all the coastlines around it. Uh, it'd be like the movie Armageddon. Well, will the whole world be destroyed? No, it won't be destroyed because the Antichrist has a kingdom. And so he has to have a kingdom. He has to have people to have a kingdom. So the whole world won't be destroyed, mm-hmm. but it's pretty messed up. And so you have these things going on. Uh, that's why the coronavirus, I think also, was used as a distraction. It's like when 9-11 happened, I thought to myself later on, I thought, what's really going on? Right. What, Me too. What's really going on? You know, don't, you know, it's like the movie uh, uh, with Leslie Nielsen. Um, was it called? Um, it was the, the, it was like the airplane movie kind of, kind of movie. And he's standing in front of a burning building. This whole block is blowing up and he's standing in front of it. And he goes, nothing to see here, you know, <laughs> and, and that's what they're doing. You got to realize a lot of the stuff we see on television, mm-hmm. local news, and even Fox is distractions. Right. You have to dig for the news. You got to go to like uh, duck, duck, go. You got to go to shows like ours. There's other shows like ours that are good. You got to go to these things and you got to dig for yourself and you find out what's really, really going on. When you start to find out what's really, really going on, everything starts to make sense why it's happening the way it's happening. Mm-hmm. That's if right. You you're going to be full of anxiety and, and fear. And it's like I said before, you're in fear because of lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. If you know what's going on. You're not as scared. You, you prepare. You prepare yourself. Right. So. Um, what I would say, get prepared for is to see the Lord. Mm-hmm. He's coming. His coming is right at the door. I mean, every day is um, a blessing to be alive in, in these times, you know. So, so you got all that. And then. Um, well, um, you know, CERN is firing up again, too. Oh, it is. That, right. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. They started it up again. And. um there's a guy on YouTube called Mobius, M-O-B-E-U-S, that's put out some excellent videos on it. Um, actually, they're, it's more like a radio show, and there's just some visual effects on it. But um, he talks about uh, what the purpose is. He's had people on, they're uh, physicists and stuff like that that have been talking about it and how um, they're trying to cre- actually create black holes, mini black holes in um, in the CERN facility. He says, and it would make sense. Uh, he's talking about Mandela effect. He said it would make sense that things would change because a black hole would um, could could transfer something from our. I don't know how, exactly how it goes, but something from our uh, reality f- to another reality, and you know, exchange it. So that's why you know some of the things have occurred that have occurred. You know, yeah. So it's uh, with it starting up. You know. Who knows what's going to happen? And they're, and they're, they're expecting a uh, polar shift, too, really soon. 
yeah. uh, magnetic polar, but uh, I think it's going to go the other way around, actually. It says that in the Revelation, the Earth tilts on its axis and wobbles like a drunken. Oh, actually, not Revelation. Where's that at? It says Isaiah. Yeah. The Earth, the earth wobbles like a drunken man in mm-hmm. orbit. It spins yeah. off its axis, and the days are shortened by a third. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're right. Wow. And so I didn't know CERN was starting back up. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's something else to look forward to, I guess. But uh, (laughs) it's 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 just amazing. And I'm sorry, I cut you off. You were going to continue. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. Um, I just yeah, it was good. It was actually good timing to cut me off because I lost my thought anyway. So but basically. Everything that's happening is pointing to Jesus coming back to the earth to set up his kingdom to get us out of here and to finally finish what started after what started at Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to restore everything back to where there's no more sin, no more death, no more crying, no more pain, no more depression, no more cancers, no more coronaviruses. And we'll be living with him in the new, new Jerusalem. And there'll be people living on the earth too. Mm-hmm. And the New Jerusalem in Revelation chapter 21 and 22 orbits the earth like the moon. And it's so bright, it brings light to the earth. And he even says there's no more need for the sun or the moon because it has it has God living in the New Jerusalem. Which his presence illumines the whole earth like the sun. Mm-hmm. And that's our future. And that's what we need to build hope on. And one of the things uh, we were going to talk about tonight, if I get go into it, was um, uh, not being afraid of the times we live in. Right. There's a, giving a lot of information every week. It can be kind of like downer, you know, mm-hmm. but um, if, if you guys are out there and you're watching or listening to this and you know the Lord in your heart, look up for your redemption draws nigh. And if you don't know the Lord out there, but you like what we're saying, seek the Lord, ask, ask him to show you himself to you. Right. You know, Pick up a Bible, read John, the Gospel of John, verse chapter three, verse sixteen, or just pick it up and start reading it. God, God, uh, God can use anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, to everybody out there um, who's listening and watching, don't be afraid, because when, and it's easy, to, it's easy for me to say, right? Because I've been afraid, obviously, because I'm human. But when you know what's going on, you know what's coming down. You don't have to be as afraid because you can be prepared. Right. It's not just being prepared with food and water and, and uh, you know, protection. It's being prepared in your in your heart, your mind, and your soul. Mm-hmm. And if you're a believer and you know the Lord in your heart right now, and, of course, once you're saved, you're always saved, I believe. Right. Um, yeah. Then you have nothing to be afraid of. And... Um, Fear is a, uh, a a weapon used against us from the enemy himself, from Satan mm-hmm. and his demons himself. Fear makes us second guess God, makes us doubt, makes us make stupid decisions. Uh, we 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 rush a decision instead of waiting. I've done that many times in my life, mm-hmm. and when I've rushed a decision, it backfired on me. Right. So God wants us to be at peace. He wants us to. Not be afraid. And actually, I want to read a couple of verses really fast here because I think the verses can say it better than I can say it. 
Um, where is it? Let's see. Here it is. Okay. Um, see, there's so many. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord, your God, who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. That's a good one, because you know why? Because the liberals and the left are trying to take our guns. They're trying to take our, our, our faith from us. They're trying to take our freedoms. They want to force us to, to have vaccines and do all these things. And God's got your back. He's got our back. It says yeah. right here, he's with us, and he's not going to leave us. And then, um, and this is a real famous one. Everybody knows this. Uh, well, a lot of believers do. The Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then I think there's one more. Um, let's, let's see. Let me find it. Uh, Romans. That's a good one. Let's see. Where is it? Oh, yeah, it's Matthew. Um, chapter yeah, 5. Good chapter. I should just read it, the whole thing. But um, it says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day, it is own trouble. And that's Matthew, Matthew 6. And, it's, and that part of that chapter is about anxiety and fear. And it talks about, it says, see the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap, but how uh, precious they are to God, he feeds them. They don't know where they're going to get their food every morning. And it talks about the lilies of the valley, how they dress themselves. Even Solomon wasn't dressed as beautiful as a lily of a field. How much more valuable are we than a flower or a bird? Mm -hmm. Oh, you of little faith, it goes on to say. And then yeah. it goes into the part I just read. Don't worry about tomorrow. It's not here yet. Today's here. And it's easy to say all this stuff, but that's where we got to keep our mind. It, it says in uh, Peter that to be sober-minded, sober in spirit, um, sober-minded, sober in spirit, to know what the will of God is for your life. Mm -hmm. If you want to know what the will of God is for your life, you got to be sober in spirit and sober in mind. That means you got to be clear thinking in your mind, and you got to have a calmness to your soul and your spirit. And that calmness and clearness only comes by being in the Word of God, or it, and it also comes by being giving your the stuff that we have to him every day. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, then you'll be able to hear more of what the Lord has to say. But we're living in perilous times, folks. And, um, yeah, we're, it's just I don't want to say what I think where things are going to go politically, but we're living in perilous times, and we have to be strong. Don't give up. Don't give in. And hang in there. God's got your back. Exactly. There's a couple more scriptures too that I, you know, I think that uh, I want to tag on, tag on to what you said. Um, 
Oh, yeah, here we go. Let's see. I think it's okay. Um, I highly endorse, folks, the Blue Letter Bible. Um, you can pretty well find what you want to find um, without much problem, <laughs> except for today. Uh, so anyway, he's, uh, Yeshua said something like, a peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, um, but he, it, a peace that passes all understanding, and that those are two different scriptures, I realize. But, um, and, and the way that works is that when, um, when you come up against adverse conditions, whether they be financial, life-threatening, um, a loved one, gets hurt, um, or whatever, um, if you go to him first, he'll give you peace about it because, well, he's he's known in Hebrew as a Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. And he does bring peace. The Holy Spirit, uh, he allows the Holy Spirit to come down and, give, and bring you peace and, and calmness in times of uh, strife and um, trouble. I know that... Um, Four years ago, when when um, after I had a procedure and they came back and told me I had cancer, I was like, "Okay, that's okay." Now, what do we do now? You know, it's like I think I freaked the doctor out a little bit, actually. <laughs> you know, he's like, "Oh well, um, well, yeah, well, I'm going to get in touch with the surgeon." You know, and I'm, I'm like, "Okay, that's good. Let's let's get this thing going." You know. And, and everything turned out just fine, by the way. But um, another scripture that I really like um, is uh, because, you know, having a ministry, you have a target on your back. And uh, in Isaiah yeah. 54, 17, it says, No weapon that's formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. So I've always taken comfort in that, that, mm-hmm. you know, because there's always people that are out to get you. I, I mean, I'm not being paranoid or anything, but, um, you know, if, if you're fighting the enemy, Lucifer, Satan, Beelzebub, whatever you call him, uh, he's the adversary of God. He doesn't, well, he doesn't like people in general. Some people think that he likes them because they worship them, but they're gonna they're gonna realize afterwards that he never really cared for them because they're made in the image of God too, and um, he hates human beings um, for the most part, um, Christians and, and Jews a little more. But um, he uh, so when that happens, um, and there's a great album by Chuck Gerard, The Name Above All Names. Well, if you could find that somewhere, there's some really good warfare songs on there. And, um, but I like knowing that even though the weapon is formed, it can't be used against me, you know? Right. And if it is used against me, he turns it around and, and, and um, gets the enemy or the person that's trying to get you tenfold, you know? <laughs> it's, and, but the, the thing to pray about when something like that happens is that, they come to the Lord because that's that's the ultimate loss for Satan, you know. That's the ultimate loss, and he he, I can't imagine what he goes through every time somebody leaves his kingdom and then comes over to the winning side, uh, Yeshua's side, and um, 
but uh, we, uh, you know, it's in this day and age, we were we depend on the government way too much. Um, I just got a, a text message from a friend of mine. Her father has had COVID. Her whole family had it actually, and the father was uh, he's elderly. He's in his eighties, and um, he was left debilitated. And normally they, they were having a uh, caregiver come in to help. And uh, now they can't get caregivers because they're all getting more money on unemployment than they'd get paid on. Uh, yeah. So where's any righteousness in that? You know, so these people are, are, are putting other people in peril because they're getting paid for more by unemployment, which is putting a bigger burden on the tax system and on the taxpayer. And it just, you know, yeah, they're prospering. Heck yeah, they are. But nobody else is. You know, everybody else is is having a hard time. And you know, I've been on unemployment before too, and I wished it was more. But you know, six hundred dollars a week. My goodness, um, it is tempting. I realize that. But the government always comes in. The government comes in to try to play God. Uh, that's why we have a welfare system. And I, you know, I used to knocked the welfare system and somebody in church one time said, well, the welfare is prospering because the church is failing to do its job. And in a sense, that's true. Um, the church is even selfish. It just cares about itself and not the people that, that are out there. And, and to some degree we should, because we take care of each other first and then we make sure that we go out and take care of others. And uh, cause there, those are those of us that are believers are brothers and sisters. So we don't leave the other, we don't leave any, or we're not supposed to anyway, leave anyone um, uh, wanting or hungry or without clothes or without shelter or anything like that. So uh, the first century church was like that. You could read accounts. Well, there's one in the first first chapter of Acts, second chapter of Acts, excuse me, that talks about anybody that had extra, and even, even people that had land were selling the land. And they were donating the money, the proceeds, it says, to the and laying it at the feet of the apostles. And then the apostles would divvy it up and it would go to, to needs, like for hunger and for housing and stuff like that. So um, anyway, that's, the church has kind of gotten away from that. You know, it's, it's all the building. <laughs> um, we won't go into that because I could really go on a rant and rave about that. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, so. What what what's happened now? You know, we we don't. What we should be doing is every Christian in a neighborhood, you know, and we're going to have to look past whether they're Pentecostals or whether they're Baptists and stuff. I'm not saying that the the main lines, you know, the ones that are, aren't really Christians to begin with, or I should say, most peoples in those churches aren't. There are Christians in those churches. Um, that we should get together and just form like co-ops in every neighborhood so that we can take care of each other and then we wouldn't have to depend on the government. You know, um, you know, if, if, if you're home and you work as close, uh, why do you need a commuter car? You know, I, I've often thought, Brian, what would mm-hmm. be neat is to buy um, something made before 1973 because it would survive an EMP attack too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for the beater car, you know, the old car that, you know, everybody, it runs like, like a like a Swiss watch, but it doesn't look that good. Yeah. 
you know, and as long as it's getting you where you're going and in a safe manner, that's all that matters. And um, I get convicted about that sometimes. Um, But, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you see, we watch these programs on TV sometimes about people that are looking for houses and it's just three people and they want 10 bedrooms and stuff like that. You know, why? Why do you need that? You know, and I, I realize a lot of those people are probably worldly anyway, but, um, you know, all you need is a roof over your head with a place to sleep and, you know, um, and there's nothing wrong with downsizing. You know, there really isn't. And, um, and a smaller house is easier to clean. It's easier to maintain. It's, you know, I could paint this house in one day if I, you know, the outside, if I really had to, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'd have to get up really early, and I wouldn't like that. But um, so, you know, I we happen to live in a neighborhood here where I know that if things got bad, people would take care of the, each other. There's people that have skills. You know, I could do plumbing. I can do electricity. You know, there's people that hunt. So there's your meat. There's people that have cows. There's some more meat. Uh, there's people that garden. There's your vegetables. Um, there's people that have various skills, you know, some people are authors and writers, some people know the law, you know, and I think if Christians would get together believers and, and just form these little neighborhood co-ops, you know, that we wouldn't have to depend on a government. Now those people that are getting $600 extra a month, what if Kate Brown comes back and says next week, I'm going to end that. Well, because they were called back to work and they refused to come back, they've lost their job, right? <laughs> so they're going to have to be on unemployment then, and they're going to be receiving a lot less. People don't tend to think ahead of time about things. They, they, um, you know, they live for the moment and live dangerously, you know, and recklessly. And um, I know, like I said, I know it's tempting to get that extra six hundred. That's twenty four hundred dollars a month. You know, on top of what you'd get on unemployment, and but still, it's 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 not right. It really isn't. You know, the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Now, you know, if if you're if you've got an infirmity or a sickness or something like that, and you can't work, you don't fall into that category. But um, everybody should be working some way or somehow to to provide for their family and their loved ones. You know, and um, I just see very little of it, and it it needs to really increase. We really need to, um, and you know, there's the people in the neighborhood that you can't you can't stand. You know, we've got one here, um, real close. But you know, who who's to say that? You know, if, and I'm I'm probably the biggest one to talk here, the worst one. But um, you know, go over and offer to mow a lawn. You know, go over and offer, you know, hey, I'm going to the store. Do you need anything? You know, the whole thing, a lot of things about winning people over is is, is acting in a Christian manner, in a righteous manner, and uh, and helping out your neighbors. And um, you know, I, I don't see it. I just don't see it. Now, the church that we were attending here, um, they have a wood ministry because they know a lot of people use wood for, for a fuel here. So, you know, they'll go around, hey, do you need some wood? You know, we've got 20 or 30 cords of wood, and we've got extra, you know. And they'll come over, and they'll bring you a cord or two of wood. And it's all seasoned and ready to go, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that's, that's a really cool ministry and well, war ministry, I should say maybe, but, um, uh, so, you know, there's a good thing right there. And other churches have food closets and that's a really good idea and clothes closets. It's another good idea, you know, um, because we got to admit this country, there's, it used to be prosperous and it's to some extent it still is, but it's, it's going down the drain and, and there's going to be a lot of poor neighborhoods. So we better learn how to adapt to being poor, you know, um, not to say that the Lord's going to leave us that way, but he might bless some people with cash and money and, and they're going to have, uh, they're going to have to contribute more, you know, and then there's going to be the person that can't contribute anything because they're down and out or they're sick. They can't get around. Um, but we, we really need to start doing this. We need to have an Acts 2 mentality, Chapter 2 mentality. And um, we need, uh, there's uh, the, the uh, Anti-Nicene Fathers. There was one passage in there that kind of echoed what was uh, said in um, the second chapter of Acts. And, um, and it says, but it says in there, and I think it says in the Anti-Nicene Fathers, that the people of the world look at that and they say, see how they love one another. Mm. You know, and and I'm like, that really hit me hard when I read that mm. because, you know, you weren't just doing it for your neighbors. Well, you were, but the people on the outside were seeing it. And, you know, yeah. they, they were like, wow, that's really neat. You know, our pagan society doesn't do that. Neither does ours, actually. But, um, you know, so uh, if we could just cause that to happen to where people would see the blessings that were given to each other. You know, they would they would want to be part of who we are and what we are and who we know, especially because we're not what we are without who we know. <laughs> but um, so anyway, um, you got any ideas on that, Brian, or any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, yeah, ditto. Um, with the modern industrial revolution that hit a hundred years ago that we're still basically we're in before that people people said settled in communities small communities or if you had property and you were out out of town and you were out maybe a few miles out and you had a small farm you knew who the other farmers were around you you got to know them even if it was a day hike to their house, you would hike there and introduce yourself. You would, you knew who was around you. You knew who they were, what they were, if you could trust them, not trust them. You know, right. and when they didn't have uh, Kaiser hospitals and HMOs. They didn't have, you got, you uh, cut yourself shaving a hundred years ago. You could die from an infection. So right. they, they had to know their neighbors. And then as people started moving to the inner cities, People started isolating themselves, and then they started segregating themselves into communities. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this community was this ethnic group, this community was this ethnic group, and they started separating themselves. It, that's good and bad. It's it's great. You know, I know you New York's like that, San Francisco's like that, LA's like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, God doesn't want us to be separated. He wants us to commingle. In the Book of Revelation. Chapter four and five is a scene in heaven. And it says at least twice, I think, there's a multitude in heaven. Every nation, every tribe, every nation, every tongue was standing before the throne. Every nation, 
tribe, tongue, ethnic group, whatever you want to say, we were all there in one group. And hundreds of millions, if not billions of us with angels. That's our future, mm -hmm. by the way. That hasn't happened yet. It happened for John because he saw the future. It's another story. Time travel, right? There's time travel in the Bible. It's right there. Mm -hmm. And so That's right. um, you weren't standing next to somebody saying this whole woke thing, this whole racial thing that's going on in the country. It doesn't matter if it was a Caucasian man, a black man. It, it, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter in heaven. Skin color means nothing to God. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what color the car is. It matters what's under the hood. Bad analogy, but that's all I could think about. So right. what, what's in our, our human heart? Jesus died to save sinners. He died to free us. Uh, actually, people don't even talk about this. Uh, there's, a, there's a prosperity gospel out there that if you ask Jesus in your heart, and you get saved, God's going to bless you with all this money. Um, no, it doesn't promise that in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 11, you read that. Some of those people weren't blessed very much by, uh, I mean, they were blessed because they knew God. But mm -hmm. man, they read the part of that chapter is pretty hard to read. Uh, these were believers, good people that were suffering. So, but they were, but they didn't care because they were looking for heaven. They were looking for the Lord. It didn't matter. And right. so, in heaven... This whole division thing that's going on in the country right now is just—it's—it's it's hurting us. It's hurting, us. hurting our country. They're hurting the world. It's hurting us, and it's not God. God doesn't want us divided by ethnic group, by color, by by economics. It means nothing to Him. We're—we are to be bound together by Jesus, the death, burial, resurrection as believers. And people who don't know the Lord, we are to treat them like they're our own brother and sister. We are to treat strangers. It says, be careful in the book of Acts who you bring into your house because you could be entertaining an angel. Because angels right. take the form of human flesh. And you could actually invite somebody in your house that's an angel and not even know it. Does that happen today? Yeah, I believe it does. I believe it happens a lot. So mm -hmm. what I'm saying is this whole thing, um, what we're talking about, it's not just prepping, having food, guns, and ammo. It's getting to know your neighbors, and it's it's uh, watching out for each other. doesn't matter your skin color. It shouldn't make any difference. It's about your character, who you are as a person. And, um, and that's gone out the window. The whole woke thing and all that's going on, it's not about character. It's about your skin color. It's about your, how much money you have. And um, when a country starts going down that road, it's gonna. It's not that's, that country's not gonna be around a long time. Um, you, you're just gonna fall apart from the inside. I, I'm not. I mean, China is definitely a threat. But what's a, more of a threat to us right now is what's going on in our country. And so, in order to get through these hard times, you got to put us put aside petty differences. You got to put aside what your neighbor looks like or how much money they make. And you got to start treating them the way God would want you to treat them. And it says in the scripture to, 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 um, paraphrasing here again a lot, um, to take, to put your neighbor before yourself, to put somebody actually before yourself, to treat them better than you would treat yourself. The scripture talks about that. Jesus said, mm -hmm. you give a cup of water in my name. Your reward is great in heaven. 
And he's not talking about the water. He's talking about the heart and the motive behind the giving of that water. And everything God looks at is about motive. He looks at motive in us. He looks at our character, our heart, what's making us do what we're doing. And if we're doing it because we want people to see us do it, we just lost our reward from God. We just did it for the wrong reason. If we're doing it in secret and we don't care if anybody knows it, put a smile on God's face. Right. And God will bless, God will bless that person with that person not even asking to be blessed. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a whole thing there. That's another that's a sermon in itself. So with everything that's going on in the world, we need to look out for each other, your neighbors. Um, mm-hmm. I think I mentioned last show or the show before, you know, if you have an elderly neighbor and you haven't seen him for a while, hey, where's so-and-so? I haven't seen him. He usually comes out and gets the paper every morning. Then go knock on his door and say, hey, how you doing? How's it going? You know, um, how you doing? You need anything? That's all. Or, mm-hmm. you know, um, and this, this is for guys, and, and most men are most men are really good at this, but there's some I've seen. If a woman and a man walk up at the door at the same time, and maybe I'm just old-fashioned, I believe the man should get the door for the woman and open right. the door for her. It's being mm-hmm. polite. Right. I've, I've seen lately younger men, I won't mention the age group, just walk right in front of this woman, cut her off, went right into the Starbucks. He was after that coffee, man. He needed that coffee. And so I don't know if he did it on purpose. That's not the point. The point is to be aware of where you are at, what what's around you, which is safety. That's a safe thing, too. Know who's around you, where you're at, and what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it should be second nature. After a while, you just kind of look around, okay? And if you see somebody in need, um, somebody could have dropped their wallet on the floor. You pick it up, you go run them down, you give it to them, you know, if you can. Th- things like that. I know I'm in trivial here, trivial, but God looks at these things. This is mm-hmm. what he looks for. And this is the stuff that our country used to be really good at, watching out for one another. Families, the family is disintegrating in our country. Morals are going out the door and the and it even says in scripture i think it's in timothy it says in the last days good will be evil and evil will be good and it's kind of where that's exactly where it's going but you know what as long as christians are still here on the earth and good people are still here we can slow this down or stop it and mm-hmm. we just need to Quit fighting amongst ourselves, quit fighting amongst the groups, and turn our heart over to God, ask, repent, and ask him to heal us and heal our land, right? our country. We do that, it'd be unbelievable the transformation this country would see. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have to worry about winning elections. There'd be so many people that would be living for God. The politicians wouldn't have a chance. The evil ones, right. they wouldn't have a chance at anything because there would be too many people pushing back. But nobody's right. pushing. Now I shouldn't say nobody because there are people pushing back against the coronavirus, against the lockdowns. There are. I've seen them. I've been you on know, Tucker Carlson and the different shows. But if we really push back like we used to be, this never would have gone this long. Right. This coronavirus would have been over a year ago. 
it would everything would open back up in the middle of April of 2020. Mm-hmm. There's supposed to be a two week flat curve. Remember that, folks? Yeah. Now look at it's uh, uh, over a year later, and as a lot of nation part of the nations are opening, but a lot are still not. And right. it's power trip, power hungry, money hungry politicians who've never worked for a dime in their life, who's been given everything off up a silver platter want to dictate to us how we should live and where we should live. Mm-hmm. And I would say, no, no, don't let them do it. Vote them out of office. But before we can vote them out of office, we need to turn our hearts to the Lord. We need to repent. We need to change our lives. All of us have stuff. Everybody, everybody has stuff in their life. They need to work on everybody. If you don't, then you're lying. But That's we all right. do. Mm-hmm. And we need to work on that. And not look at somebody else to change our life. Not look at, if I can get this person fixed, it'll help me be better. Right. That just doesn't work that way. That's right. You have to worry about yourself. Not worry, like selfish, but work on your own issues. Don't worry about the other person that you're with. Their issues, they're accountable to God. God will take care of them. You work on your issues. This goes for mm-hmm. me, too. And, and so with this whole pandemic and the, the way the world is right now, there's a lot of things going on spiritually. One is we've lost our focus as a nation. We are so materialistic and and God has blessed us with all of us have cars or most of us do. We have jobs. We have things. Even the, the least of us who have the least amount of stuff has more than anybody else in the other country, this third world countries. And so God's blessed us, all of us. And he wants us to acknowledge him, to say hi to him in the morning. Hi, God, how you doing? Say goodnight to him at night. And he's the one that allows us to go to sleep. And believe it or not, he's the one that wakes us up because we could literally die in our sleep. Mm-hmm. And he puts the That's next true. breath. On. And so with all this going on, folks, cling to God. Don't give up. Watch out for your neighbor. Watch out for your family. Um, it's, it's just there's so much stuff going on. We have to come together, all of us. The, the, this goes for everybody, not just Republicans or conservatives or Christians, but everybody, even the, the, the Democrats and the left. They need, they need us. This is their country, too. And they... I don't think a lot of them want anything bad to happen, but they're being lied to and they're being deceived. And um, we need to pray that God opens their eyes to to Yeshua first and then to what's going on in the world, in the country. But uh, like Dave said, he lives in a small community and, you know, one neighbor knows how to grow vegetables. Another one can supply meat and he's a plumber, electrician. And, and if you haven't, if you, it says in the scripture, if you see a need and you have the means to fill that need that you see and you don't do it, it's the sin to God. Right. And, yeah, there's a lot of types of sins out there. I get it. But if you see somebody in need and they don't help you, you don't help them. You just missed an opportunity to bless that person and you missed opportunity that God gave you to bless that person. And when exactly. you start blessing others, like if you're in a situation tonight and you're just stressed out and you can't think past a bad marriage, 
you lost your job, you got cancer, like Dave mentioned, whatever it is, you're you're caught up into all the alcohol and pot that's out there, you know, addictions. The best thing you can do actually is obviously repent and give it to the Lord. But the next best thing is to give yourself to somebody. Ask God to help you to help somebody else in need. And as you help other people in need, all of a sudden you kind of forget about your own needs. Yeah. And it takes your mind out of that rabbit hole. You go to bed every night. You can't get out of that thought of of your situation. Ask God to help you help somebody else. It doesn't have to be financial. It could be. It could be anything. It could be helping somebody move, because <laughs> I just moved. <laughs> it twice. Could be, right, <laughs> twice. And it could, be, it could be anything. It could be buying groceries for somebody, filling somebody's tank up. Or I used to live in the Bay Area years ago, and, and people would go through the toll gate at the Bay Bridge. And I think back then, it was a long time ago, it was like $2 to get across the Bay Bridge into San Francisco. And somebody in front of me one day paid for like 20 or 30 cars to go through. He wow. just a $30 bill at the, at, the, at the toll collector, and he just started letting people through. Um, I had a guy about three months ago in front of me at Starbucks, a drive through Starbucks on PCH in SoCal here, and the guy in front of me paid for my drink. I didn't nice. know. Uh-huh. So I paid for the lady behind me. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of stuff, that little thing makes somebody's day. You know, right. they just left the house and had a horrible day morning and somebody paid for their drink and it kind of brings them out of that 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 cloud the dark cloud they're in mm-hmm. and a lot of people are in dark clouds right now but there is sunshine there is a rainbow there is a brighter day and you have to you can you can pray to god and ask him but you've got to do it yourself he'll he'll give you the opportunity you got to do it and you know i <laughs> Remember that, that dumb joke? I'm going to say, I can't believe I'm going to say this online, but remember the dumb joke about the guy in the flood on the roof, Dave? And he prays to God, save me from the flood, so a helicopter comes. and Oh, he, yeah. He tells the guy in the helicopter, um, hey, get on board, get on board. No, no, God said he's going to save me. And then a, a boat comes by, get in the boat. No, no, God's going to save me, save me. And so the guy ended up dying and drowning, and he gets to heaven and says, I thought you were going to save me. And he goes, yeah, I sent you a boat and a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> So uh-huh. it's just God sends his boats and helicopters every day, but we miss it. Mm-hmm. We miss it because we're so wrapped up in our own stuff. We miss what's going on right around us. That's right. And I guess I'm just kicking the horse here tonight because it's been on my heart a lot is we talk about a lot of this plot politics and uh, the aliens, what's going on with the Nephilim, which is all real. It's all true. And um, the pandemic and the vaccines. But tonight, Dave and I wanted to talk and give you guys, don't be afraid. You can. There's things you can do. And mm-hmm. the first thing to do is ask God what you can do and ask him to show you. And I guarantee you, you do it with a pure heart. He'll show you pretty quick. And if it's opening a door for somebody or giving a cup of coffee to somebody or whatever it is, those small things add up to be really, really big things, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I think a lot of it has to do with, especially with believers, is having faith. Right, exactly. Um, And I'm going to read a chapter. It's a long one. (laughs) So 
Sit okay. down and relax. <laughs> okay. Uh, not you, anybody oh. else. Um, <laughs> it's Hebrews 11. It's called the faith chapter. I'm going to look it up. Uh, with, okay. With, uh, with uh, translation. I'm using the New King James. Okay. Don't, don't tell anybody. Okay. <laughs> we'll keep it a secret. Okay. <laughs> That's a private joke. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I it says, uh, yeah. it says now, what? You're doing the whole chapter? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay, See. now faith faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Let me read that again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Substance is something that you get, that you hoped for, and God producing evidence of things not seen. Okay. For it was but for it was the elders obtained a good testimony through faith. By faith we understand the, the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the thing which are things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. So that kisses the good Big Bang theory goodbye. Okay. Um, by faith Abel offered a Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Though which, through which he obtained witness uh, that he was righteous, God testifying to his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. That's interesting. That's a good word study right there. <laughs> um, verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken, taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had his testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he comes to whom, excuse me, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he that is a rewarder of those who are who diligently seek him. Man, I'm just murdering scripture tonight. Um, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, preparing an ark and saving his household, by which he was condemned, excuse me, by which he condemned the world and became heir to the righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place where he would receive an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Ooh, that's, that's a hard one. Um, by faith, he dwelt in a land of promise as, a for, in a, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he would, Here we go with the New Jerusalem. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself, who also received the strength to conceive, conceive seed, uh, and she bore a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful whom he had promised. Therefore, one man, excuse me, therefore from one man and him as good as dead, meaning in age, were born as many as the stars in the sky and a multitude of innumerable as the sand of the sea by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, 
were assured them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. I think I think I'm going to end it there, Brian, because I, that's the whole thing right there. If you belong to Yeshua, you are not you belong to His kingdom and not this one. Okay, right. we're pilgrims. We're we're just here uh, for the ride, basically, <laughs> uh, until we until we go to our place. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, if we would just all realize that, you know, then then the things of this world would not matter. You know, the money, uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, which Scripture calls it, um, serving mammon would would have no meaning. And it's just, this is what the essence of having faith is all about, is knowing. I mean, a lot of us have faith to begin with, okay? Even unbelievers have faith because they go to sleep at night, you know, most of them knowing that they're going to wake up the next morning. Mm-hmm. You know, they know that God's going to keep their heart beating during the night. Well, that they don't say God, but they know their heart's going to beat during the night that they'll get up in the morning, that they'll get dressed, they'll go to work or do whatever it is they got to go do. And they know that that night that they're going to go to sleep and, and that repeat that cycle all over again. So their set course in life is basically a testimony to faith. They just don't call it that. They call it a natural process. Um, I, don't, I don't know. It just, do you ever try holding your breath for a long time? Um, I did that when I was a kid. You know, we'd have contests to see if we could hold our breath until one of us either passed out or gave up. And um, so there is no way that you can purposefully hold your breath till you pass out. Your body's just made that way. Okay. So we can rest assured that our breath isn't going to go away until our time comes to die. And we should, we all have faith that someday we're going to die too. Um, it's just something that happens in life and it's a part of the curse and everything. But, um, so I think it's important that, um, that everybody, especially believers and those of you who will come become believers in the days to come that, um, you realize like, like Brian read that scripture about the, uh, the lilies of the field and, and, um, you know, that God takes care of those and the little birds, God takes care of those. And they just go about their lives. You know, they don't worry about anything. They, uh, the birds are out there every morning catching worms, bringing them to their, their young ones and, and themselves, of course. And, and the flowers, you know, I think, I think plants are miraculous, actually. Uh, they're a neat life form. And, um, and, you know, they, our trees grow, our flowers grow, everything grows. Um, sometimes in very adverse conditions, like during a drought, um, there are some very drought-hardy plants. And maybe that's a good comparison to, to believers. Some are more uh, drought-hardy than others, you know. And um, But the ones that are, are drought-hardy, um, let's say their trees can grow up bigger than the ones that are not drought-hardy and protect them from the sun. And thus, the ones that aren't drought hardy can grow because they're they're placed in the shade and they're not, you know, maybe that's a good analogy. I just thought of that. But um, anyway, it's it's um, very uncertain these times and they're going to get even more uncertain. Um, 
And scripture says that nations are going to be perplexed. It means the leaders of the world aren't going to know what to do. And um, um, well, there are elites that are going to know what's going on, but most of the uh, most of the people that are higher office won't, won't know what to do. Um, who do we turn to? What do we turn to? And of course, we know who they turn to. Uh, they turn to the Antichrist because he's going to come with all these different uh, lying signs and wonders and he's going to make the desert bloom and just about everything you can think of. And it's going to be a counterfeit of what Yeshua is going to do when he comes back because the world will be like a Garden of Eden when he comes back, I think, anyway. And um, so as the times get rough, as they get hard and uh, I, I like to use Abraham or Abraham as um, as an example. You know, he was. If you read his, his story through some of the uh, other Jewish works, you see that he had a fairly good life. He lived. Um, I think Nimrod was the king at the time. Uh, well, I could be wrong, but I think that's the case. Anyway, um, you know, all the, everybody around him, even himself in the beginning, they were worshiping gods. And one day he said he, according to you know what I've read, he said he's he what he did is he wanted to prove which god was the 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 best god, so he left sacrifices for the gods in his house, and he noticed not one of them moved, not one of them talked, not one of them did anything, and he did this a couple of other times too, and nothing happened. So that's when he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord answered him. And so he had a fairly good life. He lived in Ur of the Chaldees. His uncle was, uh, or his father was very prestigious, um, was friends with Nimrod. And one day Abraham came in and broke all of his father's gods because they, you know, they were garbage. And um, his father found out about it and then ran to Nimrod and said, hey, you know, somebody broke all my gods. Well, you know, Nimrod's like, well, we're going to find out who that was. And he put an edict out that uh, whoever did that should be found. And um, you know, was it? I can't remember his father's name. Um, found out it was Abraham and sent him away, actually. And I think he lived with uh, Noah and Shem for a short while. Um, but um, so anyway, you know, here's a guy that had everything. And he wasn't satisfied. He wanted more. He wanted more from God. And so he put the falseness, falseness to the test and realized that the falseness was indeed false. It was counterfeit. And then realized that there's a, there's something greater. Called out, you know, to the, to the real God who answered him, Yahweh. And uh, it, was, uh, it was according to him as righteousness, it says. Uh, the Bible says, and everything he did was according to him as righteousness, except for maybe bringing Sarah and uh, saying that he was she was his sister those two times. Um, but uh, anyway, so he had everything and gave it all up. Now, I'm not saying that we're supposed to give everything up. You do as God tells you to do. You know, Yahweh tells you to do. But um, he... Um, I just I just love his story, you know, and and even down to when he was to when when Yahweh told him to sacrifice his only son, which was a prophetic model, by the way, um, because at the end uh, Abraham says God will provide the lamb, which to, to me is saying that he's going to provide the lamb of God, which Yeshua was, but um, 
anyway, so I can't imagine what it would have felt like having Yahweh tell me, take your son out there and sacrifice him to me. You know, the torment that must have put him through. But I think he knew that that God had the power, Yahweh had the power to raise Isaac back up. And uh, so he was going to go through with this. And uh, you'll notice that after that, when it talks about Sarah, um, it says that, um, I think there's a scripture that says that he visited Sarah. You know? So Sarah must have found out about that and been very angry about it. Yeah. And uh, so uh, (laughs) you can imagine. And um, but anyway, so that there's another problem. You know, he's he's left with his wife has left him, you know, because he listened to God. And um, so if, if all that could happen to him. You know, with all the evil people that were around him, because he was not far from Sodom and Gomorrah, he was not far from the uh, Arameans, not Arameans, um, there would have been no Moabites back then, but all those tribes that were out there that were hostile to him, uh, the Ten Kings, um, who were pretty hostile people, the, the Canaanites, and uh, and everybody that was living in the land at that time. And uh, settled there and was content with his situation. And I don't think that he probably once said, hey, Lord, you know, why did, why did you bring me out here? Uh, why, why did you do this? Um, it does say that when he, um, I, did, I think it does say that when he was about to sacrifice Isaac, he did question and he said, uh, won't the God of all the universe do what's right? If I'm not mistaken, it was that in the movie <laughs> with George C. <laughs> Scott. But um, anyway, it's uh, man, if if he could put up with all that, then the little things that I have to put up with, you know, are um, are not that much. And I can try my best to put, you know, to um, put my faith there in in Yahweh, knowing that. Um, he cares enough for me. He cares enough for me for, and, and, and you, Brian, and everybody else listening uh, to die for us. And I'm one of those weird people that thinks that while he was dying on a cross, he saw my face, he saw Brian's face, he saw my wife's face, Brian's wife's face, because he knew who he was dying for. And um, and uh, imagine that. And I think that made him happy, happier, and it made it easier for what he was going through. And... Um, my goodness, and look at his faith. My goodness, he was God, of course, but um, still, he remember three times I think it was he asked God if he had to go through it, mm-hmm. and in the Garden of Gethsemane, and um, you know if if Yeshua can could have a moment where he's got to ask God, hey, do I really have to do this? You know, but in the end, he says he says, not my will, but yours be done, and I think that's what we need to pray. Every day, mm-hmm. um, you know, Brian. I, I, um, I often was into specific prayer, and I still am. You know, to pray for specific things. But in many times now, when I pray, I pray, Lord, Your will be done in this situation. You know, and um, I found that just me that uh, it's a good prayer because His will is going to be done in that situation, no matter what I pray. Because I might, 
I might pray for somebody's healing in front of them, and they'll go home going, oh, I'm going to get healed, I'm going to get healed. And they don't get healed, and then, you know, there could, there could be a bitterness uh, between them and God or between them and me. But if I pray, you know, hey, you know, I just want to pray that the Lord's will is done in your life um, and that his will is what will be accomplished and and stuff like that. And, um, you know, usually when you have uh, scenes like that, there are other people that pray specific prayers, and that's cool. Um, but praying that his will be done is um, – it's a it's a non-loser, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It really is, and uh, I mean sometimes we receive words, you know, that we're supposed to pray for somebody for to be healed of cancer and stuff like that. And that's a whole entirely entirely different situation, but um, because that's him telling you what his will is, and um, but uh, for the most part. Um, when it comes to politicians and stuff like that, because I, it was left up to me. I wouldn't pray for any of them, you know, but we're told to pray for them. And I just pray that God's will is done in their lives. You know, his will may be to save them. His will may be to cast them in a lake of fire. Who knows? But um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Wow. Um, I got to go now. I hear the phone. <laughs> <laughs> my sock drawer is not finished um, well that's a deep question I mean you know I've been in prayer meetings where people have gotten words and paid, prayed directly to whatever it was a, a cancer, mm-hmm. a demon a, a situation and they had the faith to pray it and it uh, it may not have seen the result right at that moment but i been in meetings where that person had gone home and that very thing that that person had prayed for happened. Right. You know, so it's just, it's all, it's called the Holy Spirit. It's called God. Mm-hmm. Um, if God's put on your heart to pray specifically to heal somebody, right. you do it. Mm-hmm. And because if it doesn't get healed, it's not on you. It's not you in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's God. And that's where like in churches, and some more of the charismatic churches, uh, they get so much into wanting to see things happen, they forget, they lose focus on who's actually doing it. Right. It's God. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they want to see, you know, a prophet. Oh, this prophet spoke and it was really good. You got to go tonight. You know, and um, um, years ago, somebody wanted a word and I'm not going to mention the person, but they said, I got one for you. They go, do you do you? And you go, yeah. And they held up a Bible. Here's your word. Read it. You know, (laughs) they wanted to hear from God. Mm -hmm. Here you go. Read it. There's 66 books in here. Read it. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can't go wrong with the word of God. You cannot go wrong. You can never go wrong. And uh, so uh, we're kind of changing directions here, which is good because it's a great subject because I know there's a lot of Christians listening to us and watching us. And and I'm glad for that. I'm thankful for that, um, that we that God has um, given us this opportunity to speak these things, because if you speak, if you're praying over somebody, first of all, you need to make sure your own life, you don't have to have a perfect life to speak or pray over somebody for healing or, or have a word. You don't. 
But if you're deep in sin and you just did some horrible things at home with your family and then you come to church, don't expect God to move through you. Right. You know, um, he can because he spoke through a donkey. He spoke through Balaam's donkey. So he can use a donkey. He can use anybody. Right. Right. So. um, But my experience is you're only as powerful in the Holy Spirit as you are in your personal walk with God. So if your personal walk with God, and it doesn't mean, and this, everybody just right here, you don't have to have memorized the Bible. You don't have to have been 10 hours in a prayer closet. All that's great. That's if you can do that, that's even better. But you're consciously walking with the Lord. Everybody sins. And if you're a Christian, um, well, we're getting another subject, but I'm not going to go there. That's a too deep of a subject, but you're a Christian and you know the Lord, don't beat yourself up because you misstep one day. You're doing really good with the Lord and you misstep. That's what 1 John 1, 9 says. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and righteous to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. So you're going along your Christian walk and you all of a sudden you, you said something you shouldn't have said. You looked at something you shouldn't have looked at. You know what you do? You confess it. And all good confession is you admit what you did to God. He already knows it. It's like mm-hmm. a child stole a cookie out of the cookie jar, and the dad saw him do it. Did you steal that cookie? No. I saw you do it. No, no. And you just want to hear from the child. Yeah, I did, and I'm sorry, Dad. Please forgive me. That's all God wants to hear. He doesn't want you to go out and promise that you'll never do this and that again. He just wants you to say, okay, I'm, I, you blew it. I'm sorry, God, please forgive me. I, and, and you know who you hurt when we sinned, what David sin, said? When David sinned with Bathsheba and he had an affair with her and he had her husband killed in battle, which was murder, he's confronted by the prophet. And you know what David says? He didn't blame the prophet. He didn't blame Bathsheba. He didn't point fingers at anybody. He goes, I've sinned against you, God, and you alone. Mm-hmm. That's who I've hurt. I hurt you. I got a goosebumps for saying that because it's true. When right. we sin, it hurts God's feelings. We sin against Him. But what it does is there's a communication line. And when we're walking with the Lord and we do something dumb, if we don't confess it, God is very patient and will give you time to repent and change your mind. Doesn't mean He cut things off. He's very, very, very patient. Very long-suffering, very long-suffering. Believe me, everybody who hears me, watches me, knows this, if you've been living for the Lord any length of time. Mm -hmm. But if you refuse to do that, then that's going to start building a wall between you and the Lord. Now, the Lord's communication to you never stops. God never, I believe, never stops speaking to his people, ever. Mm -hmm. But we stop hearing him because we have a block. Our ears are plugged up. And all we hear is wah, 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 wah. But you take this off, we can actually hear him clearly. Right. So God never stops speaking because he has a relationship with us. And he said, we read earlier, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Mm-hmm. And it says in Psalms 34, which I was going to read, his ear is attentive to the cry of the righteous, and he delivers them out of all their fears. The poor man cried out, and God delivered them of all his fears. God is close to the brokenhearted, it says in Psalm 34. So God's ears and eyes are on us all the time as Christians. So when we blow it, 
It doesn't mean he just walks away. He never does that. We walk away. Right. Are we still saved? Yes, you're still saved. If you've mm-hmm. made that decision, you meant it. Yeah, you are. I'm sorry, but you are. You're stuck going to heaven, whether you like it or not. And But what he wants you to do is just admit to him what he already knows. And then he says, oh, okay, it's all cool. And now that communication that he's been sending down to you, that still small voice, that gentleness of God, all of a sudden it sounds like a megaphone. You can hear it again. What changed? Did God start speaking again? No, you started listening again. Mm-hmm. How did you start listening? You got the wax out of your ears. You got the sin out of your heart. You got that block in you that was blocking. And and so First John 1, 9 is confess your sins. He is righteous and faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all righteousness. Cleanse means when you give him that, oh, you got it off your chest. Did did the did the circum did the um, whatever you did that say it had circumstances with it that you're still paying for? Did they go away? No, maybe not. But mm-hmm. the guilt that you felt and the shame you felt, it'll start to go away. Why? Because God will send His healing to you. He will heal you as you open up. The Christian walk is a walk, not a race. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon over a lifetime of years and decades. Mm-hmm. And so you have to bring yourself down. Just have a routine. Um, if it's reading the, if you're so, and I don't want to put this out because I don't want legalism and rules, but the word of God is healing. Pick a book, any book, and just read a, a verse. One, if it's just one a day. Or if you miss a day, read it the next day or three days later. But try your best because this is how God, this doesn't make you more saved. This just helps you live on this earth to hear God mm-hmm. and already saved. And so this is your manna. This is your food. And 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 speak to him. If somebody says, I can't pray. You know how you pray? Well, not like I'm talking because I'm just jabbering on right now. But you just talk. Praying is talking. Right. The word prayer really trips people up. I can't pray like you, or I can't do this, I can't do that. God's asking you, can you talk to your kids? Can you talk to your wife? Can you talk to your girlfriend, your father, your mother, your brother, your co-worker? Well, you can talk to God. Mm -hmm. You don't need thou, Father, oh God in heaven, almighty. He already knows who he is. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He already knows who he is, and Uh he knows who you are. But he doesn't look down on us and like, oh, we're nothing. We're called the apple of his eye. We are called, we are going to co-reign with Christ or Yeshua in heaven. Mm-hmm. We are going to judge angels in heaven. We are going to be more powerful than angels when we get to heaven. Right. And how powerful is an angel? One angel in the Old Testament killed 186,000, I can't remember, Philistines. Not mm-hmm. one angel, 186,000 in one night. Mm-hmm. And so just if you're laying on your bed right now, listen to this, or you're watching it on your phone or your tablet or TV, and you're going through it right now, tell God what he already knows. Don't hide from him anymore. Don't hide. You can't hide. You can't get mm-hmm. away from him. It says you can go down to the depths of the ocean. He's there. 
You go up to outer space to the furthest planet out in the furthest galaxy. He's there. Where can you go? So why, mm-hmm. why, why keep all the stuff that's on your heart that's making you depressed, weighting you down, making you cry? Give it to him. He can take it. You're not, mm-hmm. you know, you can cuss at him. You can yell and scream at God. You're probably thinking, oh, how could you say that? I think God's heard a lot of words in his Yeah, you're not kidding. Right? You're not going to shock him. That's the only way you can talk to him. At least you're talking to him. Mm -hmm. You're not going to offend him. You're not. And and, and I'm I'm just, you're not. (laughs) Trust me, you're not. He's heard it all. (laughs) And I hate to say this, I don't hate to say it, God's a Mm know-it-all. He knows everything about you. And he still loves you. That's right. And that's why he loves you, because he sees the potential in you and mm-hmm. us. That's and, right. And I, he saved me and not my neighbor and not my, this person. I don't know, but I'm glad he did. Yeah, I'm right. Glad. And so I'm talking to people tonight. I hope you're everybody's getting this. Is Man, we're about to go to heaven, folks. The Lord is close to returning. I don't know if it's tomorrow, next year, but um, it's coming quick. It's mm-hmm. like a freight train. You know, they they'd have this, the, you know, the, the, the reset. You hear about, you know, the reset. Yeah, there's going to be a reset. God's going to reset the clock. That's right. He's going to reset everything to where it's supposed to have been since the beginning of Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And so if you're struggling tonight, you haven't prayed in a long time, you haven't read the Bible, God wants your heart. He wants your heart. He doesn't care right. how much knowledge you have. There's people who can quote this thing back and forth and are dead in their heart. It means nothing to him. Mm-hmm. And he just even said about the Pharisees that would stand on the corner and quote scripture. He said they were hypocrites and vipers and snakes. The devil quoted scripture to Yeshua. And it's yeah, wilderness. that's right. That's right. Dave. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. So um, just going on here, I'm doing too much preaching and not listening, but it's just we're living in hard times, folks. And um, I know there's medication out there to help people. I'm not against that. I get it. But the best medication is is the Holy Spirit to touch you. Mm-hmm. Take some time. Get in a quiet place if you can, in your car, in your house, wherever. And schedule some time for God. And if you can do two minutes, great. If you can do two hours, the longer the better. Mm-hmm. Sometimes right. God's presence, it takes a while because you're anxious, you have all this on your mind, and you kind of just have to get all the junk out, and he finally starts to talk to you. Mm-hmm. But spend some time with him because God knows exactly what you're going through. He sees exactly your circumstances. He mm-hmm. sees the sins in your life that are, you're struggling with. And he all he says to you, he doesn't condemn you. He just says, just give it to me and let me help you, brother and sister. Let mm-hmm. me help. I'm here to help you. And tonight, Dave and I talked, I think yesterday, about what we were going to talk about. And we wanted to do a podcast that gave hope to people, not just facts and uh, and certain things going on, which we did a little bit in the beginning. But if you're a Christian tonight, you should be – you're – you're not going to hell. People don't talk about it, but when you get saved and you ask the shoe in your heart, 
a lot happens at that moment. But one of the things that happens that's huge is you are destined to go to a physical place called hell, and now you're destined to go to a physical place called heaven. That's where you're going. You're not damned to hell anymore. You're blessed to be and go to heaven. Mm -hmm. And now, as you're living here on this planet with all of us, he has a purpose for you. And I don't mean like the Purpose Driven Life, which is a good book, but it's not about you. It's about the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's the purpose you want to do for the Lord. And the very thing I found in my life I didn't want to do is the very thing God had me do. I don't know why he does that. Yeah, I know. Same here. <laughs> the very thing you don't think you're going to be good at, like Dave just said, is the very thing he's going to have to do. It's just, I think he does it to mess with us, you know? Yeah, right. And uh, he kind of laughs. You know, God's got a sense of humor, you know? So he does. He, he's, he's, read the scriptures. He's got a sense of humor. Yeah. And so, yes. Um. You know, um, I, I I can totally equate with the yelling at God. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Several several years ago, I had oh, he's deceased now, but had an uncle that offered me a job back in North Carolina. That's quite a drive. Um, and so I got rid of a lot of my possessions. I sold some gold I had, so I had money to go out. Um, he paid for a lot of the stuff too. But anyway. Uh, because he and I had been like brothers most of our lives, because our age difference wasn't that much, um, I thought, hey, this is going to be a nice family time, a nice time to get together, you know, working with him will probably be fun and everything else. Well, uh, the minute I started working for him, it was like, you know, all the past had been had disappeared, and I was just another employee. But I was more than an employee. I was family, so more was expected out of me, you know. Well, anyway, um, long story short, um, it turned out to be a really miserable time. I moved there, I think, in January, and I came back in June, I think. And, but anyway, um, so I was sitting there one day, and I was miserable, and I I started talking to the Lord, well, talking at the Lord, I should say. And I said, well, you know, why did you do this? Why did you bring me out here? You knew I was going to go through all this. You know, why? I just need to know why. I says, why would you have me leave everything that I had back in California and move to North Carolina only to go through this misery? This guy is a taskmaster like they had in Egypt, you know. I said, I said, this is not a good thing. And I, it started to escalate. And I was like, why in the blank did you, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but after I got it out, I felt better, you know. And I felt ashamed that I talked to God like that and wondered if I really blew it, you know, but, um, it, it was, it's weirdest thing because things started to happen after that, you know, it was, it was a genuine exasperation, a genuine frustration, you know, it wasn't, you know, well, Bob across the street got a Corvette. Why did I get a Camaro? You know, mm-hmm. it was, it was, um, so, it was it wasn't long after that, you know. I asked him to because um, he gave me a, like ten percent of the business, or no, two percent. And um, I asked him if I could cash that in. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. That was a gift. I'm not going to buy back a gift. I said, okay, I understand that. Well, my mother had known about what was going on, and um, 
she hadn't remembered, but all of a sudden this thought came, came to her, her mind that uh, she had bought bonds for me when I was a little boy, you know, and she cashed the bonds in and it came up to like five grand, <laughs> you know, and uh, she sent it to me. And um, with that, I was able to come back to California. And and then my uncle, before I left, he says, well, I'm going to buy back the the um, the part of the business I gave you, you know, and at a very reduced rate. But I just was happy to get anything I could, you know. And um, so, you know, I drove back and got a job. I had a job waiting for me when I got back. That was neat, too. But anyway. Um, so he understands, like you said, he understands when you're frustrated and you get mad and, uh, and, and you yell, you know, and I don't think that, well, there are no other gods, but, you know, I don't think that a Muslim would dare yell at Allah. I don't think that a Hindu would yell at Kali or Shiva or anything else, you know, or I don't yeah. think that, you know, I don't think that it, a Mormon would yell at uh, whatever God they worship because it certainly isn't Yahweh. Um, so just to know that he let me do that, that a lightning bolt didn't come through my house and strike me dead. And that, you know, and then he honored it. He honored my anger by answering my prayer. That just totally blows my mind. You know, he could have said, well, you know, I'm not going to answer until you calm down and you ask in a nicer manner, you know, which is something if, you know, if I had a kid and they said something like that, I'd tell them that, <laughs> you know, when you can learn how to talk respectfully, talk to me then, you know, but he honored it. And it's just, even this day when I remember that, it just blows my mind, you know? So I just want people to know out there that, you know, if you're frustrated, like Brian said, talk to him. I often compare it to talking to like talking to somebody in the bathroom in the next stall, you know, um, you know, it certainly is raining today. Yeah, it is. You know, guys usually don't do that, you know, <laughs> sometimes it happens, you sometimes, know, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to say it <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, uh, you know, or just talking to, Somebody in the other room, like like your best friends yeah. there, you know, and um, it's just it's an honor and privilege. It really is to be able to talk to the guy that created everything out of nothing, the guy, the God that created everything out of nothing. And to know that he thinks my prayers are worthy of hearing, you know, it's just it boggles my mind. It really does. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's people out there that can't understand that. And uh, that's okay. Someday you will understand it, hopefully. Yeah. And, um, you'll be able to uh, have that effective communication with him. And, you know, it's been really difficult to talk like this because now that I'm retiring, I, I feel a freedom because when you work in psychiatric medication uh, medicine, you know, it's um, if you talk like this at work and say you hear from God, <laughs> you know, yeah. all- all of a sudden, it's like, hmm, I wonder what medication he needs to be on, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, they don't, just don't understand. Yeah. And but now I, I've got more of a freedom to do that because I didn't know who was watching this show when I was working there. You know, one of the psychiatrists decided, hey, that's David's show. I'm going to watch that. You know, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. 
But now it doesn't, I don't really give a lick, <laughs> to tell you the truth. But um, so anyway, um, hey, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm good. I was thinking of something to say. I couldn't um, think. It happened. No, I tried to think, but nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot with me. It's just along the same lines, um, and I already um, – some gosh, this happened in 2000. Remember, the everything collapsed in 2008. Everybody remembers oh, yeah. And so um, – and Dave knows this, that I fixed up an old farmhouse and uh, up in a little town in Oregon, and – and I started that in 2005, took me a year, lived there three years. And then um, it was hard to keep work. It was hard to keep work coming in. And so we had to short sale the house in 2008. And right before we short sailed it, I was I remember mowing the grass. And, you know, how trials just kind of wear on you after a while. The same trial just is this ever yeah. going to end. And uh-huh. it was substantial pressure of trying to make this huge payment and and try to get work and and uh, and Dave, you probably know about this and and this this is because we want to people say I don't hear God, God never speaks to me, and, or God doesn't hear me. God literally hears everything we say, and actually he's he's recording everything we're saying, literally. In <laughs> That's right. And, uh, I mean, talk about um, deep state, keeping everything in, you know, God's got everything. The deep state's got nothing on God. So, uh-huh. but it's all, but he's got a good heart toward us, right? Right. And so I remember mowing the grass one day on this beautiful house I had just remodeled. It was a 120-year-old farmhouse. But I was really tired, really frustrated, really depressed. And I'm pushing the lawnmower, mowing the grass, and I was burned out. So I just spent a lot of money and a lot of time over the many years doing this and trying to get work, trying to pay bills. And I remember, and the lawnmower's going, but I'm talking out loud to myself, but nobody can hear because the mower's going. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I remember the exact words, I am tired of mowing the grass. I am burned out, God. I am burned out. I am just so tired. I need a break from all this. I don't know what to do. And I, I just said, I, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I, I need a break. I need rest. And that's what I said. And I think so. And um, several months went by. I don't remember the exact months, but several a time went by, a few months. And we had to short sale the house, and we got out of the house, basically lost the house, and uh, lost a lot of other stuff. And we had to rent or lease a house and we got this house and we're meeting with the guy sitting in the living room. And this guy, I, we just met him. I just met him. He's sitting across from us. Have you heard this story? No. Uh-uh. He's sitting across and he goes, I almost fell out of the chair. He stands up and I think he stands up and he, and uh, starts talking to me and says, what do you really want? Because he goes, well, what do you guys want? You know, why do you want this house? Where are you from? You know, he was kind of asking to kind of get in the feel for us. We just met him. We're going to lease this house that's brand new. And and he stops. He goes, so what's really going on? Tell me what's really going on. And 
I start to tell him, I can't remember exactly, but he says, you know what? Oh, you know, I told him what was going on. I told him how I, we just, what happened, how we short sailed our house. We had to leave it and, and we're, you know, having a hard time. And we didn't have a lot of money for deposit. Our credit wasn't the greatest because we just short sailed our house. <laughs> and he stands up, not just this guy, I don't think is knows God. And he says, he puts his arms out like an airplane like this. He says, sometimes life goes this way. Sometimes life goes that way. And he goes, Brian, you need a rest. You Whoa. need rest. He goes, you don't even have to mow the grass here. I have somebody doing it for you. This is the time of your life. You need to rest and recuperate and regenerate yourself. You don't have to do anything here. We'll even mow the grass for you. Huh. That was the exact words I said God to God. <laughs> I'm tired of mowing the grass. I need a break. I need a rest. Huh. This guy, I don't think knew God in his heart, but God used him and put the exact words I said to God out of frustration said back to me. Mm -hmm. And I could not believe what I was hearing. I was, I still today, I'm just blown away. He repeated it back to me, the exact words I said to God. So I say to you out there, you don't think God hears you? He hears you. He knows exactly <laughs> what you're feeling, exactly what you're going through. He even hears you when you're complaining and griping, and you're not even, you're just, he hears it. And he will answer you because he loves you. That's he right. Cares about he doesn't want to see his children suffering. He wants us happy. He wants us at peace. One of the things Jesus spoke a lot about, actually more than heaven, was hell. But the other thing he spoke a lot about was not being in fear. Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. He said it all the time through the Gospels. Mm -hmm. Why would he do that? Because he knows us. We're always afraid and we're always in fear and we're always stressed out. People were stressed out back then. We think they lived in caves and tents. Now people had families and there were communities and there was synagogues back then. They went to church. They did all this stuff. You know, they had the fight right before they went to church. You know, you guys probably never done that. But you argue right before you go to church, then you get to church. You know, <laughs> that's that's the American way. Right. And well, uh -huh. that's, that's they did that back then. And Jesus, one thing, it's a, one thing about mankind. We never change. We're the same. Our technology is different, but our hearts the same. That's mm -hmm. why Jesus had to die on the cross. That's why he had to suffer. That's why he rose from the grave, to save that person's heart, to change that person's life, to bring peace in your life. And you'll never get peace through anything except the Lord. Never true peace. Mm -hmm. And when you know the Lord in your heart and you're struggling, the struggle is because a lot of times we don't want to give everything to God. We don't want to totally let him have everything because we're afraid of letting go. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes, not all, sometimes, all the time with God, letting go is what saves us. Letting go of our own desires, our own things that we want, and saying, what do you want, God? Because we're thinking if we let go, he might not give us the things we really want. But, but the, the oxymoron is he'll change your heart to want the things he wants. Mm -hmm. He just does That's that. right. That's right. And so it's called letting go. With COVID, there's a lot of people listening and watching, been locked up for a year and a half. Some of you guys have been released from your lockup. 
you're out you're on uh out in the yard now <laughs> literally <laughs> out of stir yeah uh, you're out of your cell <laughs> but some of you guys aren't and you're stressed out and you have lost loved ones through this and you've lost freedoms and you're just mad and angry Give it to him. That's all I can say. I don't know how he does it. I just know what he's, we're, we're told to do. We're, we're to cast all our cares upon him, for he cares for us. And I've talked about this verse all night, and I just got to read it because I only read part of it. Um, it's Matthew 6. Because um, this says it the best. This says it the best. Um, gosh, if I can see it. Um, almost there, guys. The, the, the topic of this passage here is called the cure for anxiety. So uh, this is like the Xanax for the, of the Bible. <laughs> or the clonopam, whatever you want to call it, clonopam. For this reason, I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and, and it shall, uh, more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubic to his life or a single hour to your life? Lifespan, and what are you anxious about? Clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. You do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so arrays the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more do, do so for you, O men of little faith? Do not be anxious then, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or with what shall we clothe ourselves? For all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But you seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And in my Bible, if you can see it, it's red. And everybody knows if it's red, who spoke it? Yeshua. Trump. <laughs> yeah, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. It's all right. Yeshua. Of Jesus, it was Yeshua. <laughs> son of God is talking like this. I think he knows what he's talking about. And and Jesus is not just talking from God's perspective because he's God in bodily form. He was anxious. Dave mentioned earlier in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he, when he's going to get betrayed, he was sweating blood. I mean, really blood with uh, coming out. That's of a real blood. medical condition. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So he was stressed out. It's okay mm-hmm. to be stressed out, but he said, "Not my will, God, your will." And because of that obedience and that sacrifice, I'm able to say tonight, "There's hope for all of us." Mm-hmm. And if Jesus says that life has trouble, it has trouble. But he says right. your heavenly father will take care of you. And mm-hmm. I say tonight again, this goes for me. I'm, I'm not the preacher. He doesn't. I, I'm just like you guys. 
you got to give them it every day. Whatever's bothering you, every day. If you got to give a thousand times a day, you do it. You just keep giving it to them. Get in the word. And if you've got a long commute, use it to listen to Christian radio or Christian music. Pray. Put a Christian, uh, put the Bible on, on your phone and listen to it with headphones. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, enough of preaching for one night. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> it's okay. Never yeah. apologize for preaching. <laughs> yeah. So that was a good, that was really good. Sorry about the little Trump thing, but. Oh, no, I thought it was good. I get tired of being yeah. right all the time. I have to be wrong every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to step back just a little bit here, just in case. <laughs> Light. I can't go yeah. It's funny, if we were on speaker right now, I could play a lightning sound. <laughs> oh, you could? That'd be cool. Yeah. It'd be nice but, to have uh, sound effects, you know. Yeah, really. So, folks, um, we've come to the end of our two hours. And, um, man, that was a good show. And I just want to thank you, audience, for, for listening. And I hope that I, I got something out of tonight. I hope that everybody did. And um, I just feel encouraged. I really do. And uh, sometimes you'll find that when, you, when you're when you giving somebody a word or something, that that word's not only for them, it's for you too, you know. And um, so it was that, that thing, you point one finger forward and there's three that are pointing back. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> um, anyway, so we just want to thank you again. And uh, we'll be back next Monday, of course. And... Um, Remember, if you get a chance, go to Patreon, um, check us out. Um, also, um, if you want, I've got the uh, Delusion Resistance website finished, or for now finished for now. And um, you can get all of our shows all the way back from 2010 in voice form, you know, not, not in video, uh, except for this year and last year. But um, you can uh, go back there and listen to when we were real novices. <laughs> doing this and uh, so uh, feel free to do that right at the top it says um, uh, opposing the matrix archives that's what it says and um, and check it out and there's some neat articles on there too so you might want to check those out so um, until we meet again next week um, have a wonderful wonderful uh, week and weekend and you too brian yeah. Okay, I'll be, yeah. we'll be talking way before that. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll have to get together and and check out the uh, we call it <laughs> the Zoom thing. Oh yeah, and, and get that all you know squared away so we can use that. I guess yeah. better quality. But yeah. uh, anyway, folks, someday, someday in the near, well in the future, we'll have a a live format and and. Uh, until then, we'll just do this. It seems to be working out pretty well. So, so have a good week, folks. And you too, Brian. And uh, you too, Dave. And be blessed, everybody. Yeah. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Bye. Bye. We stop this.